Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Another Cold One. My name's Tyler. My name's Tyler, and let's get into it. <laughs> you had all this time, and that's what you came <laughs> yeah. up with. Well, that'd be a funny bit, though. It's like Tyler and Tyler. It's Alex and Alex is kind of better. Ooh, Alex and Alex in the morning would be like a great like, Ooh, yeah. sports show. That's like your local your local guys on the news, you know? <laughs> that's usually what you tune into. You, the yeah, you radio shows your local guys. Your, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that was a relevant point. Anyway, it's a very special episode today. Why is it special, Alex? Oh, it's the return of our live studio audience. Mm-hmm. He's oh wow! I don't know if you guys Did heard you hear that. that. Three thunderous. claps. It was thunderous. No, no, it was applause. Yeah. <laughs> exactly three claps. <laughs> he's loud and he's in charge. I can't say his name though for legal reasons. Legal reasons, indeed. Our law law team is large. Our law team. Legal? Legal team, yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? We called a guy off one of those New York City billboards. <laughs> he's pretty good. Yeah, he's great. Honestly, he does great work for us, and that's why he's our law team. <laughs> Just him. We don't have a research team that yeah. really is essential. We have a law team. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, what else was I going to say about today? Oh, right. Uh, this message is brought to you by someone who definitely doesn't sponsor us, Malibu Rums. Thank you guys again for all your support and believing in the podcast, even when really no one else does. <laughs> We are live in more than 100 countries, though, so that's pretty exciting. We are a big deal locally, but... (laughs) (laughs) Only in very small cities around the world. No, we have not made it to a major metropolitan area. Not even New York, where we live. Our live studio audience doesn't listen. We pick them out of the street, we're like, hey, come on up. He literally lives here. There's nothing we can do about it. (laughs) And we still need the law to eat. (laughs) Shall we proceed? Oh, we're just we're jumping right into it, huh? I'm ready to rumble. <laughs> that's that's good because I was just uh, I was actually telling Tyler I'm very excited about the story we have today. Uh, it could really even be like a two parter, uh, not necessarily for what happened, more about the theories. What happens pretty cut and dry. Hmm. Tyler, you want to remind our uh, our fans where we're going today in the world? Remember, because our new setup of the episodes is each week we're going to take a new country, look at an unsolved case in that country. You know, things we might not have heard before. And things we know, you haven't. We're going to Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> Very awkward vibes in the studio today. <laughs> but we're going to Denmark, and uh, Alex is telling the story for the first time in a minute, so I know you guys are ready for him to weave that tangled web. I'm not, so I'm excited about it. Uh, and just before we get into it, don't forget to check out our other socials. we got the YouTube channel that mm-hmm. Tyler points to for about 30%. Two of- emails. We do have two email addresses. Go ahead. They're very tough to guess. Uh, our address is public. Feel free to stop by anytime. Is our address public? Yes. <laughs> we talked about this. This isn't good. Yeah, for fan mail or, you know, fan drop by. We should get like a P- fan drop by. <laughs> Your new favorite thing is the fan drop by. <laughs> yes. Don't send us mail. Just come to our house. You know? <laughs> just, just drop by. There's a Malibu It's like a meet and greet, but we don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> we're not prepared. <laughs> Oh god. Uh so yeah, we're dropping to uh we're dropping to Denmark today. And actually, you know, I prepared uh some fun facts about Denmark. <laughs> like the country. <laughs> yeah, just so everyone gets a little more acquainted with it. You got to say, man, that's very thorough. I appreciate that. I'm pretty excited about. It. Denmark seems like a great place. It's actually I want to go there one day. Well, I don't know any fun facts, so it'd be tough for me to make that well, call right now. Well, number one fun fact, happiest and most serene people in the world. Wow. Like, based off of what? How do they do they look for smiles in the streets? According to research conducted by the University of Leicester. Do not ask me more about the research. 
Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you can feel free to do additional research for yourself. I will not. <laughs> they also have the oldest active flag on Earth. And... Do you have a question about it? I'm just saying that wasn't a very fun fact. <laughs> They're also the first country where fingerprints were used as proof of guilt. In the... <laughs> Is, is that a segue I hear? No, the segue oh. <laughs> is that the islands they have, the Faroe Islands, they won in a game of poker between the king of Denmark and the king of Norway. That's fucking cool. And there is no segue. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I do have one that has to do with um, has to do with this. If you attempt to escape from prison in Denmark, it's not considered a crime. You just if they catch you, you just serve your original sentence. Like better luck next time, buddy. <laughs> I like to imagine them like if you escape and they find your sentence is like ten years and you like are one day short, they're like, ah, you almost got us. <laughs> and they put you in for one day. Oh, no. <laughs> like you're so close. So once again, we have no segue, but we're just gonna go ahead and get into it. I'm ready to rumble. I've I've said the word rumble <laughs> twice, and I don't think I've ever said it in yeah, my I've entire life until it. today. <laughs> But, hey, you know what? Let's get rumbling. <laughs> so, this crime was committed on November 10th, 1967. Oh, what a year. Yeah? What else happened in the year 1967? Name me one thing that happened. Okay. The Beatles were around. <laughs> it was the 60s. Most people don't know that. I rest my case. I just want the silence to hang there for a second. <laughs> so this case happened over 50 years ago, obviously. But within those 50 years, over 100,000 man hours have been spent investigating this. Over 20,000 people have been investigated. And at the, the station where all the evidence is held, it takes up over 187 feet of the station. The physical files. Number one. That's bananas. Number two, who do we call about including our manpower hours? <laughs> Not having that added to the talent. Because we're going to spend at least... We've got to call Denmark. <laughs> Get him on the phone. Does Denmark still have a king in studio audience? Do you know? I thought you were going to ask if they had a phone. I was like, probably We, we got a thumbs up yeah. and a maybe. So maybe we call the king. Mm, okay. Uh, so, case happened November 10th, hmm. 1967. We find ourselves in the home of Marie Locke Hansen in the second largest town in Denmark, which I'm not going, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll try and pronounce it. We got, we got Ar, Arhus, A-A-R-H-U-S, A-A-R-H-U-S, Ar, Arhus. It's the second largest city and right outside of it is a small town that I will not try and pronounce just because of the way it's spelled. Uh, it's, it's better off for everyone, but we find ourselves in the helm of Marie Locke Hansen. Is, is this pause for dramatic effect? Who are you looking at? Good Lord. They're listening to this. Let's go. Keep them engaged. Chop, chop. I got places to be. <laughs> There's a fan meet and greet happening right now. Good Lord. Small town, Denmark, Denmark, Denmark. 
Let's keep it rumbling. So we'll cut off there. We'll cut. We'll cut back in right here. No cuts. The editing team has been. <laughs> the editing team has has been downsized. <laughs> no editing yeah, team. The editing team's mental health is a little shaky. He's having trouble paying rent. <laughs> so, we found ourselves in the small city adjacent to our house in the address of Hojeberg. I knew I shouldn't have tried to say it. Um, I'm throwing a quick Alex joke. This ahead. is the last time I'm going to interrupt you because you would have said this if I said it. Town next to our house. We don't have a town next to our house. We're in Brooklyn. <clears throat> I feel great about that, Joe. That was, that was a great one, yeah. Oh, wow. Another thunderous applause. <laughs> Let's keep it rumbling. <laughs> so, Marie Lockhanson is married to her husband, Oscar Lockhanson. Oscar ran a successful engineering business in this town of Copenhagen, the capital and largest city in Denmark. He decided that his true passion was teaching, so he he sold his share in that engineering business for a hefty fortune and decided to fully commit his time to teaching at the R House Technical College. With the funds that he was able to get, they were able to afford a villa in the town that I mentioned earlier, which is in the affluent suburb of R House. Marie ran a small book printing uh, operation out of the basement of this villa where she worked with one of her colleagues, and it was mostly just because, as she was quoted saying, she got bored. So she decided that that's how she would spend her time, was running this business while he was teaching. Nice. Hey, it sounds like a good gig. You can live in your villa, and you can just work from the basement. Yeah, I'd love to just have the kind of money where I can just call it a day. Like, I just walk into, into work. I'm like, you know what? This just isn't doing it for me anymore. <laughs> no, no, not out. today. Yeah, I'm going to work from home. Also, I'd love like, my office to be my villa. Like, if, you're, if your home is a villa, that is, that is something else. Zoom calls from the promenade. Wow. You didn't know I knew that word, did you? You didn't know I knew that word. wasn't ready for you to pull that one out. Rumble in the promenade. (laughs) (laughs) A memoir. (laughs) Sorry. So her business partner and friend, who was also her neighbor, Lizzie Christensen, often came over to her house to help and also to just kind of hang out with her as, as they were both want to do and they both lived at home and worked from home. So... Early that morning on November 10th, 1967, Lizzie came over to the house just to spend time with Marie. Marie also had a house, had a house cleaner who came to her house, Irma Rasmussen, who was there two to three times a week. Now, on this morning, very average morning in Copenhagen, they decided to just go, or sorry, not in Copenhagen, in our house. Again, a big dramatic pause. He is floundering, ladies and gentlemen. It's because you're offering nothing to the table. You know, when you tell stories, I at least contribute. I look to you every once in a while, you're just silent. We we said to keep the interruptions at at a minimum. The fan feedback was overwhelming in those small (laughs) global towns. They like the spotlight only on one person. So, as they were beginning their day, Irma, the housekeeper, and Marie decided to go out, as they usually did to start the day, just have a coffee on their porch, because Marie usually actually helped with the house cleaning, because she didn't want to be doing her bookkeeping business, so she would actually, book copying business, so she would just help clean her house with her housekeeper. Mm. So, when they went to go sit outside, right as soon as they were about to sit down, they heard a knock on the door. Marie went and answered the door, and... Lizzie heard the knock, started to come upstairs, and all she could really hear was Marie saying, we're on a very busy day today, 
but if you can make it quick, you can come inside. So they hear the door close. Someone go into the main office that they had for the bookkeeping business. Moments later, there was a scream, a second scream saying, oh, no, and then three gunshots. Time out. Lizzie's the housekeeper? No, Lizzie's the friend. Irma's the housekeeper. Lizzie's the friend. Irma's the housekeeper. Marie is the wife. Lizzie heard the door open. Mm-hmm. Marie said, come inside, make it quick, we're busy. Yes. Two screams, gunshots. Correct. Okay, I'm hooked. Right after that, Irma, the housekeeper, comes running back inside from being out on the porch, sees the man who shot her face to face. He has glasses, a hat, a trench coat, and is 35 to 40, looks at her, says, calm down. When Irma doesn't, he places a bullet on the right side of her groin, shoots her, and she falls to the ground. Lizzie, go. you have a question? Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. So he... He was face-to-face with her. Yes. So he intentionally just aimed right for the crotch. Well, we'll get into that later. <laughs> we will? Okay. I'm glad we're, we're, we're devoting some crotch time <laughs> in the podcast. You Carry know what? I feel like I just need to say this now because no. crotch time was just said, so I just need to really, really put this to bed right now. Uh, the reason that would become important was because <laughs> that is a shot that would not kill someone. So he specifically shot an area where it wouldn't kill her. The intentional crotch shot. (laughs) Wow. Let's keep rumbling. So when Lizzie hears this, she hears the gunshots. She hears the man say, be calm to Irma. And then when she hears that shot, she runs outside the basement, gets outside, sees a man walking on the street calmly wearing a trench coat, glasses, has a hat on, seems to be 35 to 40 and is carrying a briefcase. People would later realize, well, Lizzie and Irma would later realize this was the same man. He walked out of the house after shooting both calmly enough that Lizzie would write him off as a suspect. So Lizzie starts running around the neighborhood trying to find someone to help. And in this time, Irma's been able to crawl out to the front door and able to get some attention. She dragged her crotch shot body out the front door? She dragged herself out the front door and was able to call for help and someone was able to help. Where... Where was Lizzie while she was dragging? She was looking for... Lizzie was running somewhere else to try and find someone. She was just running in the neighborhood. My mouth is agape right now. That is crazy. And to add some more craziness, people saw a car and a man get into a car only two blocks from the house. But that would become suspect later on. So really, at this point, we have what seems to be a good amount of evidence and a pretty clear-cut crime. A man comes into the house 10 in the morning shoots and kills Marie, shoots Irma once, and is gone. And Irma saw him face-to-face, like... Irma saw him face-to-face, only feet away from him. Oh, I got so many questions. I'm not going to ask them, but they're brewing. The theories of this case are some of the most wide-ranging theories I've ever seen. And in Denmark, this is one of the craziest unsolved mysteries of the nation. And it was, reading these articles about it, everyone seems to have a different theory... And everyone seems to subscribe to one and really believe that that's it. The theories range from the KGB to mistaken identity to a a son that is angry at his father. Or, and maybe Irma saw something that she wasn't... Or maybe Marie saw something that she wasn't supposed to see. Can we? Are we dipping into these theories? Oh, we're dipping into the theories. And, and the one oh, issue about this... Yes! The person who was originally the police detective put onto the case... To this day, says that he has no favorite theory. 
He has nothing that he thinks is more likely than anything else. He is quoted saying, uh, a normal housewife was just killed on a normal Monday in a normal town in Denmark. And that's all we truly know. What? It's been six. Wow. That's more than five books have been written about this all in Danish. And everyone just seems to add some new information and this is still actively being investigated to this day. They're still adding new things. There's still new developments, but no one truly knows what happened. We got to get in there. And the only evidence that we really know is the ballistics report. Oh, baby, let's get into it. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and start into the ballistics report. Let me find the name of the gun again. The name of the gun was a Walther P-38, which was a German weapon that was the most common handgun in ownership at the time in Denmark. But that's not the more interesting thing. The more interesting thing is the type of ammo that was used. The name of the ammo was Gecko 55. That's the type of bullet that was used. and was mainly used by West German police because at the time this was East and West Germany. However, there were only about 2,000 rounds being imported into Denmark at the time. 1,500 were given to a military, a naval operational command base and the other 500 were only sold at one ammo shop in Copenhagen. Dude, like, it's crazy. I'm so excited to hear about why it hasn't been solved. Literally seems like it would be one of the easiest things in the world. We have a lady who saw the dude shoot him. The gun and ammo is only sold at one ammo shop. It'd be so easy to be able to track who the... This is crazy. I'm getting a phone call in case anybody can't hear that. <laughs> I declined the phone call. <laughs> Carry on. I apologize for that brief intermission. Now, back to, so you were right, where it sold at only one place. And what the only other place where you could find this ammo, aside from West Germany, in Denmark alone, was at the Naval Operational Command. Oh, here comes the government shit. Now, Tyler, oh, would you like to take a guess where the Naval Operational Command is? Where? Mm-hmm. Is it our town? It is in the same town where Marie's <sighs> Villa is. No! Located close enough to the point where Marie might walk her dog by there. Oh, Marie, such a sweet, sensual soul. <laughs> Taken too early. Carry on. Pretend like I did not hear that about a murder victim. <laughs> hey, actively investigated murder victim. Put some respect on that name, all right? <laughs> Alex doesn't want to admit it, but I'm being very funny tonight. And he is the documented fan favorite. I'm moving up the ranks. You better you can't get complacent at the top, buddy. A studio audience is an easy number, too. Just the general idea of a studio audience. Oh, he is knuckle deep in his ear canal right now. It is grotesque. You did not need to let the people know that. What is Malibu going to think? <laughs> You're right. Our deep sponsor. So back to the Naval Operational Command. So that is very close to the house of our dear Marie. Now, the other thing is they went ahead and investigated that one shop that sold the ammo and nothing came about it. They weren't able to get any suspects from it. So the only possibility is that someone was at the base or someone from another country came in with that weapon and with that ammo, even though the ammo really was only sold to the West German military outside of Denmark. Now, what else we have is Irma, right? That's, that's pretty much all the physical evidence we have. Everything else is either witness evidence or just descriptions that other people saw. So we'll first get into what Irma saw. Irma apparently has a photographic memory. 
Yeah, okay. It says who? Irma? Well, I'll go ahead and give you an example. She's apparently seen over 10,000 pictures of men that... Uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, like related to the case? Related to the case. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were just talking in general. I was like, damn, Irma. I'm like, hey, no judgment, girl, but that's a lot of, that's before, a lot of pictures. <laughs> before she died in 2003 at the age of police... Uh, at the age of 87... Oh, she's dead? Police showed her a photo of a man once that she had run by in 1968. Irma's memory was so strong that she recalled the image that was shown to her 35 years before and told them where and when it was shown to her. Well, okay, Armand. Damn, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're willing to take that back? <laughs> yeah. Also, I do just want to apologize. I uh, was laughing at Irma. Just found out she was dead. Irma is uh, dead. Rest in peace. I'm wishing for the best for the family. Not for Irma, because she's gone. <laughs> you don't wish her the best, though? But <laughs> in the afterlife? <laughs> no, she I wish the- Irma the best in the afterlife. She got shot. Yeah, that's true. Right in the crotch. Right side. Uh, Better than the left, everyone knows. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely a lefty, you know what I mean? But the other thing we got from Irma is a drawing. (laughs) You're going to breeze through that? It's a drawing that someone drew of the man that she saw. She did not believe this man to be the shooter. And she was so adamant that it wasn't him that they didn't release this drawing until 2006 because she demanded that it not be released when he's alive. So I'm going to show you this picture, and I'm sure we'll be able to pop it up right here in the YouTube channel. We're not going to. No. Uh, you can look it up, though. So that's the, the picture of the man that they have, who she says doesn't look like him, but is the only actual picture that we have. And Lizzie, who also saw the man, did say that that did look like him. So it is considering that the woman with the photographic memory said it wasn't, but that's pretty much all we have. Sidebar. Yes. Could Irma have been protecting the man? That is oh, one theory that people believe that e- that there is no way with all of these pictures there wouldn't have been someone that rang a bell. Interesting. Irma That's apparently why? at one point was furious that she was being followed by the police because she was a suspect that she demanded they stop or she would not help with the case any further. So they did stop monitoring her, but she was always under suspicion, so to say. The only other people who saw the man that day, supposedly, were three people. One was a butcher who was delivering meat to one of the local, local residents who thought that he was one of his normal clients, and he saw the man get into a green Mini Cooper, essentially, and drive away. Another was a woman who saw him walking through the neighborhood, walk past the green Mini Cooper, and keep going. The last was someone that said they saw a man matching that description go to the middle of the town and get on a bus heading to another city. And thus ends all the evidence that we have. Wow. Okay. So the only people that saw him were Irma, Marie, R.I.P. Marie, the butcher said he got in a green car, and then you said one other person? Two other people. One who said she saw him walk past... One who said they saw him get on a bus in the middle of the city. And you can't forget that Lizzie saw him walking calmly away from the scene. So calmly that she thought it couldn't have been him. That's somebody used to killing. Hmm. Just saying. Definitely. So now we can, uh, we can hop into some of the theories. And once oh. again, 
Let's start hopping. There's a lot of theories involved here, so we're just gonna we're gonna try and focus on some. Maybe another episode we circle back, get in a little more detail because there is a lot of detail, and there a lot isn't described in. It hasn't been talked about a lot outside of Denmark for some reason, but this case is fascinating, and I don't know why it's not talked about because this is truly one of the most interesting cases I've seen. So one of the just to hop into one of the theories is that she was a mistaken identity. Apparently, she passed a she had a passing resemblance to someone who collaborated with the Nazis, who sold out over fifty three Danish resistance fighters for money, including her own brother, husband, and friends. She was pardoned from a death sentence only eleven years before uh, or, or before Marie's passing, and she apparently moved to Sweden and died in two thousand seventeen. So some people believe that. One of these people that she sold out, family members, saw them passing by, saw Marie passing by, thought that looked like her, and decided to take action. Okay. Interesting. I've looked at the pictures of both. There is a general resemblance. The resemblance really isn't that strong, though. Mm. But I imagine if you were a family member was sold out and you saw someone that kind of looked like them, maybe you go into a rage, maybe you decide to take matters into your own hands... But the fact that we, we know a good bit that this person seemed to not be bothered by killing someone and was calm not only in the street, but also when shooting Irma. And the fact that they shot them in the side doesn't seem like just a family member that's upset. Mm. So, I mean, the government thing makes sense. The bullets are from the government. Mm-hmm. If it's from one shop, even in the 60s, you probably could have pinpointed who purchased it? They had where. a purchase record, and they weren't able to find anyone. So that makes me think government, because that's where the other bullets are. And the calmness also attests to that. Also, the precision of being able to intentionally shoot someone in a way that incapacitates them so they can't follow, yeah. but will level them and drop them on the ground, also makes me think government. But where it branches off is potentially Irma, who makes me a little bit curious. It's possible a government official just didn't want to kill a civilian that wasn't related to the Nazi thing. But, yeah. I don't know. All right, keep going. Well, let me hop into some of the government theories then. The government one makes the most sense to me, but keep going. Oscar has gone on record saying that he thinks this is... I'll, I'll go ahead and quote him. I personally think it could be some spy who killed my wife. Not because she had anything to do with those circles, but because it was mistakenly thought that she knew something. What lends its hand to this is that she often obviously walked their dog around the neighborhood and being so close in proximity to that operational command that maybe she just happened to walk by something. And even back then, before the prevalence of cameras and everything in a small town like that, if you see someone walking by that shouldn't have seen something, you're going to remember. And the fact that this man walked in with a gun in a briefcase, the ammo, everything, it kind of plays to the idea that maybe she was walking by so she saw something that she shouldn't. And something that also goes into this is something that actually has to do with the dog. Only three days prior to to the murder, Marie was walking her dog, and the dog ate a piece of meat that was found on the street and then fell ill. Taking him to the vet, they couldn't rule out that the dog itself was poisoned. Some take that to believe maybe the dog accidentally ate something that he shouldn't have eaten that was being tested or something. Something that maybe they saw Marie want to poison the dog so that when they came to murder Marie, the dog wouldn't be an issue. 
because the dog was still at the vet the day that she was murdered. Uh, the dog, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. The dog did eat meat off the street that was reported to be sausage uh, by Marie. It's the 60s. I don't know. What kind of dog was it, you know? Um, it, it doesn't mention in here. It apparently was a big dog, though. Uh, I don't know. That feels like a bit of a stretch to me. But I, I will say this. To me, personally, as a, you know, avid, historically recognized detective in the community, um, <laughs> uh, to me, it's less of, like, what affiliation the government official had, but more so, like, that why. Yeah. Well, what could she have seen? That's because she, it, it was a discarded piece of sausage that the dog ate, so why is someone just, maybe they're eating dropped piece of sausage, but it's not going to be poisoned. Well, they said they, they didn't say it was poison. They said they couldn't rule out poison. That's true, but it, it is, they're pretty sure that there's something wrong with what the dog ate. Maybe the dog's just allergic to something. It's a little thin to say that just because of a dog got sick that the dog was poisoned, but the idea that she saw something that she shouldn't have holds up true in the idea that they're right next to a military base. Mm. She walks by there all the time and she did meet a quote unquote mystery man a day after, uh, or not a days before the dog got poisoned. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's an important detail. I'm it, sorry. What? It's kind of passed off in this. It said that she met a man while walking in the street on one of these trips with the dog. She met him, was described as a mystery man from Copenhagen, and Freds are said to have confirmed that this was true. So where's my girl, Irma? Irma? Mm-hmm. Irma? There's not, not much else about Irma. They really just described Irma as being one of the central figures in terms of ruling people out, as opposed to her being a suspect. She was more a suspect because she ruled everything out. And mm. maybe she was only shot to incapacitate her because she knew the shooter. That's what I'm thinking. But a little bit more into the military base, I will say that some think, potentially, she had an illicit affair with someone in there. Mm. Could always be the affair. Could always naughty, be the affair. Naughty, Marie. Once again, she was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Tragic, but man, whew, was she feisty. Carry on. I'm going to let you take that back. You want to take that one back? I'm going to let it rumble. <laughs> that was a callback, ladies and gentlemen, in comedy. One of the hardest skills to really hone and execute well, and I pulled it off flawlessly. Yeah, you pulled it off once, I pulled it off every episode. Our studio audience left the room right when I said <laughs> that, by the way. Carry on. Now, kind of going hand in hand, well, I'll, I'll let you choose your path right here. Do you want to continue on the spy path, or do you want to get into a little bit more practical? Practical. Because practical? We don't have any accounts of what she could have seen or might not have seen. There's a military base there. The 60s were a freaking weird time. Some think Marie was a spy. Oh. But we'll go ahead and get into practical. So. Ah, that tickled my fancy. No, no, no. We'll talk practical. And for that, we okay. must go to prenuptials. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. I like the spy way better. Well, actually, this is something I learned from spy. reading. Spy. 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 They're okay. chanting. You got to do we'll it. We'll get into the spy. So Marie and Oscar. We're, we're, talking, we're talking punctual or uh, prop. What did I say? I don't know. To describe the other option from spy. Prenatal? Oh, practical. Oh, 
that came from a deep, dark, subconscious place. <laughs> Carry on. So practical. We'll end with Spy, because Spy is the most exciting. So yes. we'll go ahead and okay. do a practical one real quick. So in Denmark, uh, I was reading from someone that lives there who described this case. Hmm. Um, there's this term where once you sign, once you become married, if you didn't sign a prenup or you don't have any agreement, and it's similar to a will, but it's not really a will. It's more if you get divorced, this is what happens. For a few days, well, actually, the day of the murder, Marie and Oscar were meant to go to court to put in this contract that they had signed together where if they were to get divorced, Marie would get all of the money and the villa, essentially leaving Oscar with nothing. This is apparently common practice in Denmark where you will be married to someone. That it had a specific name. I can look at the name. I can try and say the name. Oscar signed that? Oscar, well. Oscar, dog, you, you fucked up. He signed an agreement just giving everything. What is he like believing in true love? What a sap, bro. You can't believe. So the process ever, dude, the registration process. So even if both signed the contract and everyone knew the only three people knew about this contract, it was Oscar Marie and their lawyer who drew everything up. And Oscar signed this. Oscar signed it. And so did Marie. But it doesn't go into effect until they go to court in a process called. God, Here we go. Prepare to be offended. Tingly. Tingly? Tingly sning. Tingly sning? <laughs> it is spelled T-I-N-G-L-Y-S-N-I-N-G. Listen, honey, I love you a lot, but, you know, I just, the villa, that's going to need to be on the table. We're going to need to head in for a little tingly sning. <laughs> I'm sorry, keep going. That's absurd. Let's see what the exact translation is. The translation is registration. Tingly sning. Yeah, I, uh, let's see. Wow, I'm really sorry if I if I uh, made fun of your guys' culture, but wow, tingly sning is... Oh, you nailed it! I feel oh pretty my, good. That's wow, what it looks wow. like. Thank you. I, I've got to say, that is... That, oh, Thank you so much, everyone. Our studio audience is back after I felt that a one. lot of pressure describing this episode. You know, I've had to read instead of joke, so it's been a lot of pressure. The applause made it yeah. worth it. Yeah, well, validation, baby. Keep it going. <laughs> So the tingly sning was, <laughs> was meant to go into effect mm-hmm. November 10th, 1967. They were meant to go to court to get this approved and have it be official. So some think maybe Oscar started to regret this. And apparently the lawyer has confirmed recently before prior to the prior to the murder, Oscar had reached out. And questioned what he could do. But apparently, since Marie and him had already signed it, there was nothing that could be done, and it was going to be put into a record. They were going to the court the same day she was killed. Same day oh she was killed. Oh, my God, Oscar. And the person that killed her was shown with the briefcase that was holding the gun. Oh, that's sus, bro. That is sus. It's interesting. It's something that hired gun potentially. So that that oh, this is my shit, man. This, this is, is the theory much. that I think makes the most sense. A hired gun. Some people in a shoot off of this theory, some people think it was the lawyer, and that and that Oscar paid the lawyer to go and go and do it. Essentially, he was the hired gun, and some people even said that he went there just to discuss with her. The deal, because remember, the only thing we know Marie said was, come in, we're very busy, but if we can make this quick. Yeah, if somebody came and knocked on the door and said they were the government, though, 
Like you could get, you could get in there. But if that's her lawyer, wouldn't she say something that was maybe a little bit friendlier, knowing what's going on that day? Yeah, that's why I think it wasn't the lawyer. It could have been a hitman. Yeah, that's the, what the I'm calm thinking. situation where the fact that you just saw someone get killed and you're on the street outside the house and you can rule someone out because of how calm they are, that takes another level of person. And not just the killing. Like, if you murdered somebody and, like, you hated them or something, right? Like, it was premeditated. Maybe there might be a piece or something there if you're fucking, you know, insane. But he killed her, knew he had to get away, and had another bystander run at him, had the poise to shoot her in the groin and then walk out. That's a lot of adrenaline. Like, dude, uh, uh, even if you're, like, deranged, like, you have to be... A fucking soldier to be able to do that that fast. Interesting you say soldier, maybe a spy, maybe a hitman. I just oh, think this go. theory here is what makes the most sense. Like a I, hitman. I, for everything for yeah, the hitman, the hit date man. the date is just too convenient, so to say. Mm. The idea that he did want to back out, even if he did want to do that at some point. I mean, maybe like of course there's gonna be some cold feet, something like that, where you're committing that much. But the idea is the same day that you can't turn back everything just it seems to align too perfectly question Mm -hmm. what was like irma what was irma's relationship with marie like do we know yeah we do know they were very close because she would help her clean Mm -hmm. every morning before they cleaned they got their coffee which was what they were doing right Mm -hmm. before the door knocked so they were very close they were very friendly i mean the idea that she was helping her clean even though she was hired to clean shows like that marie's a good person she cared and they were friends Mm -hmm. So they they were very close. Why do you ask? Because all the government stuff makes sense, but unfortunately, because of like the big cloud over it, like it'll all be hypothetical or conjecture. Like there's a million things it could have been. Like Marie could have been a covert spy. Like she could have been this. Like she could have been a double. She could have worked for a Soviet newspaper. I'm sure we're going to get into that in a second because I was very specific. But um, like there's all these question marks of things that we can't definitively answer because realistically it could be like any one of those hypothetical situations. The thing that seems extra fishy to me aside from the date is Irma as well because it is true that like maybe the government agent or government official could have just shot her in the crotch as like a hey, it's a bystander. I don't want to get them involved. But it seems unlikely to me that – a government agent like that wouldn't just pop her in the head to end stuff. If they were going to be able to sink into a shroud of like anonymity deep in Russia, like KGB shit, like you would take the, take the witness out, especially if you're that cold heart of a killer. But so Irma seems suspicious to me for two reasons. Number one, she could have been paid off. Potentially if the relationship was good, then that might pose an issue. But number two, she was, like the key decider in the case of what happened. Like her photographic memory was single-handedly eliminating suspects. Mm -hmm. And so definitively there's a potential that one of those 10,000 pictures that were shown was ruled out because she had a photographic memory that she could prove her power was insane. Like her word was the final say, like unequivocally, she was the one to tell the police whether or not they were wasting their time. And because of that power, it makes me be like, Okay, maybe Irma was in love with whoever it was, or maybe she got paid off, or maybe she was in love with... I have no idea, but Irma seems fishy. The date also seems very convenient and suspicious that she was killed on the exact same date that the the court thing was happening. I don't know. And if she saw the strange man like a day or so before that was happening... Also seems very weird because, I mean, if you're the hitman, you would have to do your research, right? Like, you couldn't meet with Oscar too much. You'd have to do your thing. I'm not too familiar. 
with the Hitman protocol and pre-work. However, I feel like you'd have to stake stuff out, get a lay of the land, get a feel for your shit. But the bullets, too, I mean, it makes me feel like government, but government's so hard because you'll never really know. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the tough thing here, especially because of the ammo that was used oh. and the fact they could rule everyone out that had it. But how and did they, they rule them out? Did they rule them out, like, show pictures, and Irma was like, no? I, that's not specifically said. They went, mm. to the, they went to the shop, they got everyone that bought it, and then it says they, they ruled everyone out that they investigated. Irma, 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 I'm telling you. Hmm. It's, it's weird that... She would be able to rule everyone, even with a photographic. Uh, well, no, I guess it's not weird. I guess that's exactly what it is. That like that is what she's doing. But I tend to think that in this case, Irma, while it is suspicious, I do not suspect her. Mm-hmm. I think that she was shot. She cared about the family. She cared about Marie. I don't think that she would. And the fact that multiple times she freaked out that she was being followed, that she was being investigated when she's giving everything to them is why I tend to like believe her. That's fair. So what's, like, the leading theory? Because there, there could be, like, a min- there's, there's just no leading theory. There's no leading, there's no one leading theory. It's got to be government, then. You just can't know, like, that, what it is. That but seem, there there's seems so many to be government the most secrets theories. and shit that, like, we'll never find out about. Like, you could say it was anybody. Like, yeah. it could be U.S., it could be, like, whatever. You could, like, extrapolate anybody that's ever connected with Denmark because it's all secret agent stuff. Yeah. It's just, like, there's that one, like, murder of, like, the person that got, like, burned in the mountains. You know what I'm talking about? It was in like Sweden. They found a body oh, in the mountains um, that got burned. You know what I'm talking about? And then they the found Oslo like woman. Yes, That's, yes, that is explicitly mentioned in one of the articles. Oh, I good read. lord, I'm too fucking good. Anyway, but that's what I'm saying is like someone like that gets burned in the woods, and you find some government credentials on them, but like all these fake IDs and fake passports. You're never gonna know because the government's probably reading these books, laughing their ass off, and yeah. they're like, "Oh yeah, it was a Nazi supporter. Of course we killed her." But like. That sucks. That's really. I think that's what's Hmm. tough about this case because there's so many. There's just so many theories, and -hmm. I think part of that is because that the government would be good at this. Like this seems like it would be something that someone had to be good. That either lends itself to hitman, lends itself to government. It doesn't lend itself to the idea. It was just some. It 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 certainly doesn't seem like a random killing. I think that Mm -hmm. much is pretty clear. It's not someone that just walked in. Was like, yep, killing her today. Especially I, the ammo. And the 60s wasn't that old. Like, no, they could still do no. shit. And, it's gotta be gov. And also, like, this doesn't seem to be any, like, raging lover or anything. Unless they are themselves, like, a psychopath and are able to stay that calm. But then, I don't know why someone would be entangled like that. Nah. It's just, there's too many, there's too many things that went right for the murderer. Yeah, it's just, to be that poised and be able to make a shot like that that quickly Multiple with shots, ammuni- yeah. ammunition that could only be at one other place unless it was a government person and to be able to vanish like that whether it's a bus or whatever and never be seen again and a lady that if we can like clear her character saying 10,000 pictures were shown that means there's no record of them like yeah. they got wiped they're definitely like secret service somewhere yeah and they're probably dead by but now but at the same time that's crazy like why just because she saw something she wasn't supposed to? Well, that's the question. You'll never be able to pin that down. Yeah. Because it could have been any... She could have been a secret agent. We'd have no yeah. idea. Like you were saying, there's just... Everyone... Like, if it's government shit, you would just be, for days, like, thinking about any possible connection. Yeah. And there have been plenty of people that have come out. Some woman even wrote... Like, in uh, in one of the books, she just said her husband did it and provided almost no information about it. And so there's things like that. that like, the, it has reached this level where there's just so many things that could be at play that we we have to start ruling them out but 
they they have so much more also that we don't know. The fact they've spent a hundred thousand man hours, they have what I say, two hundred feet, one hundred eighty seven feet of files. There's so much more information that they have, and so many more things that are questions in this. Like apparently, they the car that they saw was a government car that the family was under investigation for. So the I, there's just so many things at play here. Like I mean, I know there's a lot of unsolved cases, but to not have any predominant theory after this many years with this much research put into it in a high profile case, it's got to be government. Yeah, most even of if these... a hitman was hired, like why the ammunition? The ammunition yeah. is huge to me because there's one shop, and unless Irma seems like a, a lady who had a good relationship to the person dragging her body, yeah. across like the fucking yeah, threshold. Yeah, if, if you're if no you're way. involved, you're not dragging your body after you just got shot. Maybe if you're like poised, but she doesn't seem like it. Like she seemed like she had a good relationship. Yeah. But again, that's spy shit. Like people go undercover all the time. Like I don't know, that'd be impossible even, to tell. Like, that's the, crazy. One of the book's titles is "The Perfect Murder," and the yeah. perfect murder involves more than a hitman. In my yeah. in my opinion, I still. I mean, why the bullets if it's a hitman? You would have been able to trace. Like you, you have to, you have to create like <laughs> you have to create the most like stretches if it's a hitman because yeah. then it's like okay, did Oscar have the motive? Why would Irma potentially not recognize the person if there's only one gun shop? Why would they cover up unless like Oscar's paying all these people off? But I don't know. After but, seventy years, I feel like the other that'd interesting be thing about this case is that it's still actively being investigated. And Denmark really doesn't have that many murders or have. Very many unsolved mysteries, like mm. or unsolved murders. Well, like when I was researching Denmark, there were only a few, and two of them were just suspected to be people that were suffering from mental illness that happened to be random killings. So this wow. one stands out because it was an affluent member of society living in a villa. Her husband is an influential member of the the community, teaching. He helped build up a very successful business. Nazi Everything ties, seems Soviet to be going. Ties. So many things are involved here. I mean, we could definitely revisit this case another time and go in even more. I haven't even, there's another four or five theories that I think have some credence that make sense that don't necessarily involve the government. There are some that involve the government, that involve the KGB, that involve a lot here. And I think there's, there's some interesting ones there as well. Wow. We could even revisit again. But again, this. Uh, Damn. That was spicy, man. I gotta say, that was spicy. The the murder of Marie Locke Hansen. Was it just the perfect murder? (sighs) Oh, shit. I can't say anything. That's the close. That's it. Maybe maybe we'll be back one day. Maybe we'll hear a little bit more. Maybe there'll be a break in the case. Oh, my God. That'd be cool. And now, Tyler, I'm gonna go ahead and find your country. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, uh, again, we, we revamped things uh, last episode into the next uh, kind of season, not actual season, but season of uh, another cold one where we're assigning countries so we could take things worldwide, hit a little bit more of the nuanced mysteries instead of just restating the ones that the more professional and talented like podcasts I'd, are doing. I had never heard about this one. This one was one of the most interesting ones I've ever mm-hmm. read. That was really cool. Um, you know, we're not we're not clickbaity here at another cold one. We dive deep into the heavy content. Oh, I got Denmark. That's weird. That's that's not likely. Wow. Also, our studio audience is eating uh, his third bowl of cereal. In case you guys uh, were unaware, cleaned oh. his ears, dove right into the honey nut Cheerios. You Carry on. Know what? It works out. What's the country? Wait, drum roll. It's gonna be the country 
that lost the Faroe Islands to Denmark. No way! We're gonna go ahead and bring it on over to Norway. Wait, was that random? Yeah, I'm on random dot country slash question mark. Bro, the Vikings are getting involved, baby. The 119th country in terms of population. Wow. The 69th largest. Superb. 323,000 square kilometers. Breathtaking. And a mystery or two for us to discuss. Yes. All right, well, uh, do you have anything else to say to the people? Again, thank you to, definitely not our sponsor, Malibu Rums once again. Just coming through in the clutch, supplying us the booze, supplying us with just general belief and motivation to keep going. You are drinking wine. Anything you'd like to say to the fans <laughs> before they come uh, over? Let us know if you want to hear more about this. Uh, I, think, I think we have a lot more to talk about if you guys are interested, or maybe you're locked into a theory, like many of the Danes themselves. Feel free to comment. Uh, you can't comment here. But, no, no, you know, they can. Remember, we have the uh, stop-by policy. <laughs> yeah, just come over. We can talk about it. <laughs> the address is 1-2. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next on another cold one. Goodbye.